The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. We have gold medals today in archery, road cycling, diving, fencing, judo, rowing, shooting, skateboarding, swimming, taekwondo, and weightlifting. And let's pause just for a moment because it's an historic day. Today, skateboarding is officially part of the Olympic Games and the men's street contest is today. Brazil's Felipe Gustavo is with us to tell his incredible story about how his dad sold his car to fund Felipe's now infamous first contest win in Tampa, Florida. And Nigel Houston, the big favorite, gives us the lowdown on his Olympic ambitions. But first, if you're still not convinced that skateboarding deserves its place in the Olympics, don't take my word for it. How about letting the big man, Mr. Tony Hawk, set out the reasons why skateboarding deserves its place at Tokyo 2020. <laughs> It all starts with a push. A push that starts from nothing, yet leads to everything. Was it okay? A push that goes from riding hills, to backyard pools, to straight up walls. Pushing through skin, knees, and broken bones. Cracked pavement, busted ramps, and that single pebble. It's a push that turns a 360 into a 720 into a 900. We used to see ourselves as a family of misfits, but now the world will call us Olympians. Olympic Channel Podcast. Tony Hawk there. So Nigel Houston of the USA has won more street contests than, well, pretty much anyone who's ever walked this beautiful planet we call Earth. He's the number one ranked skater in the world and has dominated the scene since he blasted the competition apart as a dreadlocked teen. The pressure is on, of course, but Nigel's used to all that. In how much detail do you prepare for something like the Olympics in terms of what trick you're actually going to put out there? You know, do you know that already? Yeah, I basically already know all the tricks that I'm going to do. There's a couple that I need to need to practice that I haven't done in a while. Um, and it's all it's always just hard because like I, I got my I got my skate park. Um, it's like 30 minutes away from my home. So I go there and practice indoor warehouse um got some big rails in there got some smaller stuff um and i'm i'm always willing to to go for big stuff and practice whatever but you you just constantly have to be like oh is it even is it worth practicing this on the big rail right now or should i just wait you know because you just you got you got to stay safe and you know it's so easy to get injured skating rolled ankles bruised heels like it's just 
constant annoying little injuries. Skiing is taking this like center stage with the Olympics and it has progressed so much. And there is this like kind of push and pull between the art and the sport and stuff like that. And, you know, you were so young when you first got, uh, you know, it seems like you've been around forever, but yet you're still pretty young yourself, you know? And I just wondered, you know, could you explain just like the progression that's been made just physically since, you know, in the last five years, even since Instagram's come about, you know, um, what has changed so much physically for you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the progression's been insane. Like ever, I mean, I think back like 2011, 2010, 11, when Street League was first starting. And when I, when I used to skate Street Leagues in 2011, like that was my easiest year winning contests. I was only 16 at the time. I still had my dreads for like half that season. And I was, I was actually winning by like a lot of points. And I was like, I guess I was kind of ahead of the, of the competition at times with, with tricks and also with my strategy on getting used to the new, the new contest format with the street league had and stuff. Um, but thinking back then and then thinking now, or even like starting a few years ago, like the progression is so gnarly. Oh my God. Like when I, when I go out there and you guys see me win a contest within the past few years, like it's only by a little bit, like I have to land that like last trick or two to be able to get that win. Um, and it really comes down to the line. And also, I mean, every, every year you see new kids come up that are just so good. You've literally never heard of them. And then all of a sudden you're skating in the finals with them and you're like, where, where the hell did this kid come from? Like, he's so good. That's what happened with uh, Yuto a couple of years ago. Yuto Aragomi. Hey, yeah. Came out of the scene out of nowhere and then just like started like winning contests right away. And he's literally one of the most consistent skaters I've, I've ever seen. Um, and I mean, that's, that's just how it goes though. You know, it's, it's, it's these, these young kids are always, always there, always progressing so fast and they got, they got the fresh legs. They're out there not, not getting as sore and, as sore as I am because I remember back when I was like 18 19 20 like I was I could I could literally skate every day and practice every day and be fine without my ankles and my knees being dusted but now I have to kind of be strategic about when I'm skating and how hard I'm practicing and stuff I think I just wanted to finish off with asking you one final thing do you have a favorite quote a favorite mantra, a favorite lyric from a song that is like your Olympic state of mind, like the one thing that gets you going and hyped throughout a day. Man, I, I don't know if I could think of one specifically from a song, but I mean, you you know me, just just go out there and send it. Just go out there and send it and do go for whatever it takes to 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 get that win. You know, we're going there. We're going for gold. Send it is yeah. is defo the. Uh, I can I can hear that. Cool. Niger, thank you so much for giving up your time. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, let's go. All right, bro. Have a good one. Olympic Channel Podcast. You can listen to the whole Niger chat by following the link in the show notes. And now we have a story that is well known in the skateboarding community. Felipe Gustavo's dad sold his car to fund his first skateboarding trip to the USA. But really, the whole story is way crazier than that. From not speaking any English at all, to moving to the USA with little more than a skateboard and a promise of a couch to sleep on, Felipe's story is one that truly 
exemplifies how skateboarding brings people together and changes lives. So I started skating back in like 1998, like 1999. And then in my city, there wasn't much, you know, like I'm from the capital of Brazil. So it's like not much media, no much. Until nowadays, we don't have a skate park. And that's what I've been trying to work through, you know. But um, yeah, my dad was just really supportive, you know, took me everywhere. Like, and then I started like getting sponsored and all that stuff. I won so many contests in Brazil. And then I could only get some so high out there you know like so much so i started dreaming about going to us and like you know living a dream one day you know things starts popping on the internet like i wanted to skate this contest i was like dad like this is what i wanted to do you know and then um i said well let's try you know and then like there was this contest in brazil if you win the whole overall like you know ranking you get a ticket to go to tampa and then i was like yeah we need to go to those five contests because if i win I'll get a ticket to go to Tampa and then we go, you know, that's my dream. And then my dad, all right, cool. And this is like far away from Brazil, like 12 hours bus every other day, you know? And my dad's like missing, missing work and work for the government. And I was missing school like crazy, like 40 days, can't even go to school. And then I want that thing and then 1500 bucks and got the bread and then we got visas and stuff. So I was going to go to Disneyland to be easy so I can get a visa. Cause it's real hard to get a visa when you're Brazilian kind of, you know? And then, um, I didn't come for like a rich family, you know, like I just, I always had things because my dad was a hustler, you know. I got two brothers. My dad had, like, three three jobs and stuff. And uh, I won that. And then, like, by the time I was going to go to that contest 2007, January, they never gave me the ticket, you know. It was a fraud. Like, the, com the company that made the contest, like, went went down or something. And then my dad like, no, we already got the visa. That's your dream. So he sold the car, got us two tickets, and then, like, a 1000 bucks, you know. And then... We just went to Tampa. Like, I just didn't know no English, no nothing, no nobody. And then we just got went to Strafe Airport to the park. to the park. And I told the guy, I told Ryan Clements and Brian Schaefer at the time, like, I want to skate the contest. Like, no, nah, you can't, whatever. Because you got to register before and all sorts of stuff, being invited and all that. And I just didn't have that. And then um, I was there for the whole week trying to, like, yo, can I skate today? Can I skate today? And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, whatever. It's too many kids. It was like 300 kids or something. And they saw that I was pretty good. I was kind of skating, paying every day to skate. And I got the wristband in my hand. It was kind of skating, you know, Friday, qualifier first, golden ticket, went straight to the finals. And then Sunday, I just did the same thing, you know, had my headphones on. I listened to my gospel music. And it was kind of like, it was my day, you know, it's, that just kind of happened. And then it was like one of the most sickest day in my life, you know, Kevin, he changed my life. He changed my family's life. He changed my career. If it wasn't for that, like, of course, it would be something else, but that was just like, oh, damn, it's possible, you know, like it's possible to make that happen. Everybody just came talk to me in English, like super crazy. I was like, I'm going to say hello, you know. So I went back to Brazil. My mom was kind of sick. And then I just didn't know what to do, you know. I was like, Dad, I want to go to U.S. And I got there. I was like, bro, Dad, I can't go to school no more. Like, I need to go to L.A., you know. And then um, some kid messaged me on MySpace, like, yo, come to L.A. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, come to L.A. It's like. I don't speak English, I don't know money, and then I don't know where to stay. Like, yeah, come stay in my couch. I was like, are you serious? Like, I showed my dad, like, dad, this kid's saying that I can stay in his couch. Can I go? He's like, that's what you want to do? I was like, that's the only thing that's there for me. Like, I have to leave. Like, 
So I just quit school. My dad financed me a ticket for 20 payments and I just went to LA in 2007. And then since that has been a journey, you know, like just living the dream, I guess, you know, was sleep on the floor for like eight months, air mattress here, stole mattress on the streets and all that, you know, now there I have my house, I have everything, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Olympic Channel Podcast. Mercy me, my word, what a pleasure to have these two skate legends in one podcast. And Tony York as well. What a treat. Big thanks to everyone involved. Links to Nigel and Felipe's full chats are in the show notes if you want to check them out. That is it for now, though. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.